You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward, joined by Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook. As always, as we continue to roll along through the Ohio State roster. Uh, and the changes and the uh, unexpected bonuses, the people that are sticking around. This is another big one, maybe not one that uh, jumps off the page as being massively significant for Ohio State, uh, but when you can look at the talent of Jeremy Ruckert and the relative lack of inexperience at the rest of the position at tight end with what Ohio State is losing, this one turned out to be pretty pretty massive as Jeremy Ruckert elected to stick around for his senior season, Burr. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it's actually something that people are paying enough attention to, like you said. I mean, it's tight end at Ohio State. You don't think it gets used that much to even consider taking a leap to the NFL. But I think that's exactly why Jeremy Rucker was considering the leap to the NFL. He's put some good tape out there. But how much does his usage really change from now to next year, especially with the probability of a freshman quarterback being at the helm? But um for the Buckeyes, it's important because, as you said, there's no one else beyond Jeremy Ruckert that's played tight end. Yes, they have Mitch Rossi, who's a preferred walk-on, um, but then you have a ton of young guys like Cade Stover, Joe Royer, Sam Hart enrolling uh, this week. So you, you really need a, a veteran leader, someone that's been through the process and been through the program and understands what it took to go from being the country's number one ranked tight end in the class of 2018 to being a complete NFL-ready tight end. And so I think it's actually a really important thing for the Buckeyes that Jeremy Ruckert's coming back more so because of what he provides in the locker room, not on the field. You can't ignore on the field, though, especially when you look at that position and the way uh, that he's developed his body and his all-around game. We've talked about this a number of times with Jeremy Ruckert that you know he basically uh, arrived as somebody who was just a, a receiving threat, you know, more of a wide receiver than a tight end, certainly not the kind of tight end that Ohio State likes to build its offense around. But you know, I, I've done a number of you know, breakdowns. You know, I was watching the offensive line with Reed Fragle a couple of weeks ago for a Buck IQ, and he's like, whoa, who is that guy who just collapsed down on the edge? And opened up that huge hole, you know, for for Trey Sermon and Justin Fields, and it was it was Jeremy Ruckert. He had become, you know, that had been building now for three years, but he really elevated his game as a blocker because he knows that's what's going to really get him paid at the next level. Uh, I think you've seen the, the one-handed catches and stuff like that. How he can obviously expand Ohio State's passing attack. We we always knew he could do that, uh, but this. You know, that's what makes him so important is all the versatility he provides the offense. Yeah, and every time I watched this offense, it was always Luke Farrell and Jeremy Ruckert doing things that you don't expect tight ends to be able to do. I mean, you could it, it's it's weird because you you always talk about defensive ends and putting guys in one on one matchups. Like I saw various times this season, Jeremy Ruckert take on a defensive end and hold his own, or you know, get to the next level and and get a seal block on a linebacker for for a Trey Sermon run or a Master Teague run. Those are the kind of things that don't show up in the stat sheet that are so important to this offense because the tight ends are such a huge part of the offense without really getting a lot of catches. And usually when I think of tight ends, it's either, oh, this guy can catch, you can split him out wide, or he's inside and he can block. You got a guy that can do both on the field and, like Berm said, lead in the locker room because I think Jeremy Ruckert's taken the steps to become a leader in the locker room. 
I think it's invaluable for Ohio State to have Jeremy Ruckert back, especially when you're breaking in a new quarterback. I think it's crazy. Sorry. Like, think about this, guys. Like, you're talking about the change of the offense coming at Ohio State, right? Losing, moving on from Justin Fields. The single biggest transition in the Buckeye offense could be the fact that you don't have a pair of tight ends to put out there to run that 12 personnel that Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson love to run. So you might see a change in, in the role for Jeremy Rucker just simply because he could be out there more in one tight end situations or lined up at split end or, you know, put out there on wide receivers he, he, with – or put out there as a wide receiver lined up against uh, cornerbacks to, to take some advantage of mismatches. So I think that the fact is, if you would have lost Rucker, the offense changes even more than you would have uh, seen it happen naturally, because it is going to change quite a bit. Just the fact that you don't have that 12 personnel you're used to. Yeah. We might've been talking about that overflowing group of wide receivers and just Ohio state going five wide all game long to, to air it out air raid style. But um, you know, I don't, I was going to ask you about that anyway, Berm, when you look at how prevalent this 12 personnel package has been for what Kevin Wilson and Ryan Day wanted to do. Obviously, part of it is that you had uh, Luke Farrell and Jeremy Rucker together and, and Jake Hausman could come off the bench and block, which, you know, that you won't be around anymore either. Um, so if that's the case, like, I don't think there's any reason that Mitch Rossi, again, is a preferred walk on, but he's one of the most, you know, respected guys in that unit as well. He's He's earned the right to stick around, you know, depending on how it works out, maybe, maybe a scholarship could be in his future. I know that this year that the numbers are a little bit fuzzy on that anyway, but um, he is, I, my point is that he has earned one. Uh, and, and Cade Stover, I don't think there's ever going to be a question about his toughness or willingness to block use his body. Um, and, you know, as you have written about before, his experience as a running back coming out of high school, he knows what to do with the football in his hands thinking way back to that one open practice in March before the world changed. Uh, you know, I, I feel like he touched the ball more than anybody on the field as they were trying to get him up to speed and rolling uh, as a weapon offensively, because they, they really just, he's another guy who oozes that versatility. Um, you know, we'll see. He needs, he needs another year probably to get comfortable there or, the, or a full normal off season. But I don't know that Ohio state is done using this 12 personnel. No, they're going to need to. I mean, I don't know if, if Mitch is the, t the right body type to line up and play over defensive ends, um, you know, like Luke Farrell was able to and like Cade Stover would be able to. But I think it's important that what you just brought up last March is they were having to force feed the football to Cade Stover to get him to understand the concepts of running routes as a tight end. Clearly, athletically, Stover is one of the better athletes on the entire team. Um, if you watch, if you go back and watch tape of the, the Buckeyes eight games this year when he was on special teams, he genuinely loved running down the field and hitting people uh, on, on kickoffs. Like he, he made it, you know, every kick is a, is a touchback, but there was not a single one where I didn't see Cade Stover actively try to hit someone. Um, so I, I think that he's a guy that's just kind of ready to go. But he doesn't have the luxury this year that he had last year of being force-fed that role in the offense. When you had Houseman, Farrell, Ruckert, guys that understood it, everything, now you also have to mix in Joe Royer and Sam Hart and making sure that these guys get an opportunity to do what Cade Stover did last year. So hopefully Cade is ready to step into that role because they're going to need this past year of 100 practices or whatever they had um, to, to really sink in because they need to turn that developmental focus – to Royer and to Sam Hart. And Royer looks to me, uh, and you, you both of you guys will probably know a little bit better having followed his recruitment, but he, he is not as highly touted as Ruckert was when he arrived, but 
I almost feel like we're going to be talking about the same stories with him, that he's a big athletic guy, you know, did some, you know, could play basketball and get in space and uh, use his hands as a target. And we're going to have to wait to see him become more of a blocker before Kevin Wilson and Ryan Day trust him to play tight end. I don't know if that's a fair assessment of him at this point, but that's probably uh, – having covered that tight end position at Ohio State long enough, I know that's probably how this is going to work. I know – I think that if he turns out to be the kind of guy that, that morphs into a blocker as well as what he can do with the football in his hands, you can talk about him like a Jeremy Rucker type because you know, Jeremy came in as – a wide receiver, basically. And he's been able to morph into what the Buckeyes look for in a tight end. That's Joe Royer's next responsibility. The next step for him is to take the leap in blocking because Berm showed me highlights of him right when I got hired at Letterman Row. And I was like, wow, that guy can catch. He can do things with the ball in his hands. Now you have to teach him how to block. And I think the same can be said for Sam Hart in a way, but Sam Hart's a little more versatile and uh, ready to do that right away. But I think Joe Royer can play a role in this offense, even if he's not quite ready in certain areas sam sam was described to me coming out of high school as a poor man's jeremy record um in the fact that i i think when you look at the body the body type of both him and joe royer you have that six foot five 225 pound frame to work with the real difference is that sam hart is a all-american wrestler and the dude likes contact and likes being physical and so that may give him a, a little bit of an advantage on what it takes to get used to being a blocker and getting hands on people. Um, you know, we've talked about this in a couple of these videos that we've done now, these reaction videos to the NFL decisions for players. But um, it's weird to people that tight end takes a lot longer to develop than a lot of other positions do because of the fact you have to get physically much stronger to play against Big Ten defensive linemen. So you can come in at 6'5", 225, but you, if you look at Joe Royer, you look at Sam Hart, these guys are going to look kind of skinny. If you remember when Ruckert came into Ohio State, he was pretty thin, and now he's up into that 255, 260 range. So there, there's a whole body transformation that has to happen to be able to play against Big Ten defensive ends, and that's really the, the single greatest leap that these guys need to make. So it's a fair assessment on Royer. It's a fair assessment on Sam Hart. It, it's an area where Cade Stover has a clear advantage on these guys being that he's in that 255 range already. Um, but Sam may actually surprise people in the fact that, like I said, he, he likes contact. He is a aggressive guy. He's extremely quiet, extremely under the radar personality wise, but fierce, fierce competitor. It's a great point uh, about the difficulty of learning that position and the nuances that go with it. Uh, if you talk to Kevin Wilson, he would probably, give you about three hours worth of information about how long it would take because you're not only trying to learn some things that offensive linemen are trying to perfect, but then you also have to do the things that take years in terms of route running. Um, and you're trying to mix the two. Um, just be, we, you talk all the time, Brem and joke about the tight ends always being open over the middle. Well, it's not as easy as that just to get them in that position. You got to learn so many things and, you know, I, I think that's, again, part of why Jeremy Ruckert is not going to the NFL at this point is that even after three years, even after the highlight catches, you know, a, a decent amount of, you know, our big game coming out of the Sugar Bowl against Clemson is that, you know, he knows that that job is only going to be even more complex at the next level. And Kevin Wilson is so good at that, plus the leadership part that you referenced, getting to stay around, make sure that that unit isn't barren when he leaves, um, you know, all of it you can understand why Jeremy Ruckert elected to return when you, when you factor all that together. Yep. Yeah. 
I think he could see even more targets next year with, you know, who are you going to cover? Oh, here we go. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not bringing up the year of the tight end. If they're going to throw to the tight end more, but like, who are you <laughs> going to cut? Co- who are you going to cover in this offense? Now that Chris Olave's back, I know the offense was great this past year, but when you factor in all the playmakers, the Big Ten's defenses are going to have to ask themselves, who do you cover? And Jeremy Ruckert's probably going to be overlooked uh, eight times out of ten. I think that leads to him being open quite often. It's the tight end is always open. The tight end is always open. But you also have to understand that what changes here is the quarterback's ability to to get to the tight end. The tight end very often is not your first read. So if, when you're dealing with younger quarterbacks, the field goes from outside in, right? So as you get – better in your reads and your progressions, then you start to go to the middle of the field and feel more comfortable throwing and more confident throwing over the middle of the field. So, you know, the Buckeyes use Ruckert, as you saw this year, he started to, to wiggle his way into the middle of the field as Justin Fields has started to learn the offense. So that to me is where you start to wonder, like, how does he get utilized? Because whoever that new quarterback is, either he develops Jeremy Ruckert as a security blanket in the spring or Jeremy Ruckert is a wide receiver slash blocker next year and not really a, a tight end. But Berm, if the tight end is always open over the middle, why don't they tight just end is uh, always open. Let's just start the read in the middle and then work to the outside. Let's flip this on its head. Let's talk to, let's talk to Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson about that, because I agree. That's where it should start. Well, we've got all the solutions right here at Letterman Road, breaking down everything uh, going on with the Buckeyes roster as the decisions are made. Uh, and, Players start returning to campus and get ready for another run at the Big Ten title. Great insight and analysis, as always, from Berman Spencer Holbrook. I am Austin Ward. Stay with us at Letterman Row for full coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes.